Different stages of our lives cause us to view life through different sets of lenses. The primary pair of glasses that I wear these days is as the father of two young boys. Now, in serious moments, I find myself thinking a lot about how to help create a safe and healthy world for their generation. In more humorous moments, which my life seems to be full of these days, I tend to repeat things like, did you really just break that? Or how on earth did you even get up that high? Being a parent has also caused me to see the church from a different vantage point. The faith community that first introduces us to God plays a foundational role in helping us discern whether God is a God of rules, fear, anger, and punishment, or whether God is a God of love, mercy, compassion, and joy. Does God care for us only when we believe the right way and live the right way, or does God love us simply because God loves us? Our answer is weighty, and not only colors our understanding of religion, but also our understanding of life. Jesus believed at his core that God is a God of love. He staked his entire life on this belief. On these Sundays after Epiphany, we continue to read gospel stories about epiphanies in Jesus' life. Two Sundays ago, Jesus was baptized. When he came up from the water, a voice told him that he was beloved. Jesus' convictions about this love were then tested for 40 days out in the wilderness. We'll circle back to that story during Lent. This morning's gospel picks up with Jesus returning from this wilderness retreat. Jesus is back in his hometown of Nazareth attending synagogue when he decides to step forward and offer the reading. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus reads from the Old Testament book of Isaiah, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The year of the Lord's favor was a historical event in the Jewish tradition. Ancient Jewish custom held that one in every seven days should be Sabbath and intended for restorative rest. Every seventh year was called Shemitah, during which the land was provided Sabbath rest. All agricultural activity would have stopped. At the end of seven cycles of Shemitah, or every 50 years, came a jubilee year in which the entire system was offered Sabbath rest. Slaves and prisoners were freed. Debts were forgiven. I want to point out, however, that the original text of Isaiah 61 reads, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God's vengeance. Our gospel story describes Jesus reading from a scroll. He could obviously see that the next line referred to God's vengeance, but he chose to leave that out, believing that God is a God who releases us from our burdens and does not saddle us with anger. 
When he finished reading from the scroll, Jesus gave what scholars refer to as his first sermon or his inaugural address. He said, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Have you ever wished for a sermon that short? Less than a sentence. Jesus quotes Isaiah and then he offers this message as a way of putting out there what he's all about, that God is a God of love and that God's love and mercy are not reserved for every 50th year, but are available every single moment of every single day. Our presiding bishop, Michael Curry, says, if it's not about love, it's not about God. That's one way that we in the Episcopal Church try to articulate Jesus' vision. There are people in this room, and there are people in our Capitol Hill neighborhood who have been told that they're not loved by God, making it even more important for us to share our conviction that God's love is directed towards each and every person. Faith communities like ours matter because we view life through the lens of being loved. In the midst of an angry, divided, and hurting world, we aspire to be a place where everyone can belong. A friend recently shared with me a reflection about the paradox of belonging. The paradox is that when you feel like you belong, you aren't usually aware of others who might not share that same feeling or who have to put a great amount of their energy into trying to belong. We think about belonging when we don't feel like we belong. The author of this reflection points out that when her friends gather as a group, she notices an insular group dynamic that's clear among them who belongs and who's a guest. And while the guests among her friend group are treated well, they're also still guests and not fully included as members of the group. There is a difference between being welcomed and feeling at home. Belonging takes work. It takes time. It involves feeling included over and over again. And it is so important to trust that you are included. However, knowing that you belong has the potential to transform your life. Although we speak a lot about being inclusive and welcoming, we have work to do to make sure Christ Church is a place where more people know that they belong. We should give ourselves to this work. We should aspire to be a place of belovedness and belonging because we model ourselves on Jesus, who staked his entire life on the idea that God is a God of love. Our faith community has the opportunity to play a pivotal role in the way that people answer the question, is God a God of punishment or is God a God of love? This is a weighty responsibility that rests upon our collective shoulders. I hope that it will become known here in Capitol Hill here in Washington, D.C., and the broader Episcopal Church, that Christ Church Capitol Hill proudly believes that if it's not about love, it's not about God.
the name of God. Amen.